episode of the Iconic Podcast is brought to you by Iconic Clothing Company. You guys know the drill. Check out the website, Iconic Clothing Co. This episode, a ton of fun to record. I, I was a little bit sick. I'm a little nasally. I got a little bit of a cough. But man, with the guests that we had on, nothing that I couldn't power through. <laughs> Tony Gwynn, Jaybird Paris, a great story about Harpo's that you guys will definitely want to hear. It's Thursday night in downtown columbia missouri so without further ado here is our interview with tony Gwynn jr podcast a man who I got to work with this summer uh, he got to mentor me and and honestly has been a, a big part of my career at this point uh, I know it's early but Tony Gwynn jr. is now on the line he's gonna come on talk a little bit of baseball Tony how we doing buddy I'm good brother sitting here uh making sure my fantasy guys are doing what they're supposed to do on this Thursday night game and it's going well so far you, you don't happen to have uh, AJ Green do you I happen to have AJ Green. Oh man, bring him the money. <laughs> so uh just safe to say my Thursday's off to a very fine start. Very, very cool. How's the station going? It's going good, man. We uh you know, we're doing our thing. We we obviously we're one of the newer uh sports talk radio stations in San Diego, one one of three, so uh, I, I think in the short period of time we've been going really since I think April, uh, we're doing pretty good and, and we're starting to, uh, I think Chris and I, my partner Chris Ellen and I are starting to get our groove. So it's, it's been fun. Man, if only I was still there, you guys would be number one by now. You know, you know, what's funny is I was, we were just talking about you today. It's like, I said, if we could only get him to, transfer out of Mizzou and head back down this way, we'd be straight. That is what I'm talking about, Tony. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I, unfortunately, you know, it's just been a bummer year for the Padres. Um, it, you know, it's part of the rebuilding process. And, and if, if you pay attention, you know that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel for Padre fans. Uh, we've got six, seven youngsters who are pretty solid. Is there one in particular that you like? You know, I think Tatis is the hottest name, but is there one that you're in particular excited about? Are you talking about all the guys that are that we've seen in the big leagues? No, not necessarily. Just anyone in particular, any of the youngsters that people are kind of buzzing about. You know, it, it's hard for me because uh, from that standpoint, I know that there is a huge difference between – Double A big league, triple A big league. So for me, it's tough for me to get excited about the guys down there. I know that the Padres have the number one farm system. Uh, the the guys that I've actually been excited about, they've got a chance to see this year. And you know, from that standpoint, those guys down who are in the minor leagues right now, especially from the on the pitching side, they're so young that at least from my standpoint, it's tough to get excited about. Obviously, Mackenzie Gore. Uh, I, I, from everything I hear, I haven't seen him pitch personally yet, but everything I hear, this dude is, is a lock to be number one. 
Uh, he's had a rough year dealing with some blisters and some different things. I think getting acclimated to, to being out there on an everyday grind is different in high school when you're only playing two, three games a week. You transfer to going every five days, and there's a routine to it. It takes some adjustment. So he's he's a uh, if there's a young guy that I'm the most excited about, he's probably it. But there's been some guys that have come up that I'm 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 pretty excited about too. Very cool. You know, there, it's gonna take a little bit more. It's gonna take a little bit more than just those young guys. Um, you, you know, it, we were able to get Hosmer this last off season. But realistically, if we want to contend, there's still another major puzzle piece that has to be added. You know, not necessarily dream free agent acquisition, but of some available guys in the next couple of years. Is there anyone that you would want the Padres to, like, go out and, you know, try and get them? That's that's a good question. I mean, obviously, the free agent class this next year is going to be dynamite. Uh, I don't see the Padres participating in it, although I didn't yeah. see them participating in this year's free agency, and they completely, uh, you know, pulled those switcheroo on everybody. I, I, I think right now it's too hard to say. They're too far out, I think, to be able to foresee a free agent. I would like to see Freddie Galvis brought back. I mean, he'll be a free agent this year. I think the stability he's brought at short uh, is just – a breath of fresh air. We haven't really seen that in San Diego in quite some time. So I would like to see him brought back. I think I, obviously Eric Hosmer is having, I think he'd tell you he's not having the year that I think he would expect to have. I don't, I, I don't see that happening two years in a row. So, you know, I think you get a different dynamic when you got guys like Hosmer, you know, playing at his optimal level and the way Renfro and Reyes have come on in the second half. They give me some something to be excited about, at least from my standpoint. All right. Uh, appreciate, you know, probably enough Padre talk. Um, out of the NL, you know, the, we're winding down here at the end of the season. Uh, Brewers were able to beat the Cubbies last night, and now they're tied at, you know, 84-game uh, win season. Who, is there any team that kind of stands out in the NL? No, and that's why the NL is going to be so fun to watch. I think the playoffs is – there ain't no dominant team. Like, last year you knew it was either the Nationals or the Dodgers. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was definite teams. And in the American League, you knew it was Houston or, you know, or maybe the Indians. But this year it's so wide open, especially the National League. I mean, shoot, there could be a chance that Dodgers don't get in. I mean, there's a chance that the Rockies end up winning that division. I think if that happens, Trevor Story's got to be the MVP. Uh, but right now, there's really no, there's really no clear cut favorite. I think right now, uh, everybody's just playing okay. I love that answer, Tony. I love that answer. You know, the AL seems loaded on paper. The Red Sox are just absolutely ridiculous. The Indians have been a little dinged up, and they're still going to be in this thing. And then you got the, you know, the reigning champs and the Astros of those big three. You know, who, who do you got in the seven game series? Here's the thing. I think what people are, are kind of sleeping on is the fact the Astros aren't – they haven't really played at full capacity all season. And it's not it, – obviously, Altuve's dealt with some injuries. But I think more importantly, because Altuve's dealt with injuries, but he's still Altuve. He's still hitting what he does. He's still, you know, being the, the, the pest that he is at the top of the lineup. 
but I think Springer's having a down year. Correa's offensively definitely having a down year. He's been nicked up. They're not the same team they were last year. Now, that being said, their pitching is probably a little bit better than last year. But we've seen when offenses get hot in the playoffs, as we saw last year, it doesn't matter who's on the map. And, and so um, if I if you cornered me right now, I would say the Red Sox would be my favorite coming out of the only because I haven't seen uh, the Astros get to full capacity all year. And I don't know that they're going to be able to just turn it up when they want to. Very, very good. All right, Tony, we're going to hop in a time machine here, okay? We're okay. heading back to your playing days. Oh, man. I know right. you couldn't hear it on your line, but we just uh, we were just playing Why You Always Hating by YG. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I knew you were going to appreciate that. But I was also doing a little bit of research, and I saw that Collard Greens was another one of your walk-up songs. It was in Philly. That was one of my. I told you, I I I wasn't very uh, loyal to a walk up song. Like if something hot came out that I was like, it got me in the mindset that I was trying to that I was looking for. Oh, it got switched up. So you know, why you always hating would have been one that I would have come out. Unfortunately, I stopped playing by the time that came out. But uh, Collard Greens was definitely. You know, I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. So and and uh, and your boy Keith for that man. Kendrick, you're a big West Coast guy. You like your YG, man. I absolutely, absolutely. That's what I grew up on. That's awesome. All right, Tony, last question for you, all right? Yeah. Final prediction, Lakers seed heading into the NBA playoffs this year. The Lakers will be a four seed heading to the playoffs this year. All right. Do they, they're sneaking out of the first round? Yes, they get the four seed. They're sneaking out of the first round. Okay. Do they get to the Western Conference Finals? I oh, see you, you over here trying to make me. You know I'm gonna have a hard time not putting <laughs> my heart here, man. Uh, do they get out of the? Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. They get to the Western Conference Finals. That's as far as you're gonna get me to go. Though. All right, that's fine. Hey, Tony, dude, I really, really appreciate this. You're an absolute legend for doing it. Um, I can't wait till I can uh, come back to the station. Uh, say what up to everyone. Hopefully we can uh, we can talk to you sooner yet, all right? Most definitely, man. We'll hold it down until you get back, brother. All right. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, bro. Take care, man. Peace. What a legend, Uncle Luke. Wow. What a legend. I told you, dude. Holy cow. Dude, um, me and him <clears throat> hit it off this summer. I don't know where to start, to be honest with you, because... If he's got the Lakers going to the Western Conference Finals, <laughs> and they're a four seed. I love that you're on that. And I love that you're on this. Golden, right there's no way in my mind that Golden State doesn't get the number one seed. So, I mean, so I, I mean Houston, to... Houston got it last year. So I, it, it, yeah, it's it, possible. But with Boogeyman, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I love that prediction. That was a great. That was a great question. He's a he's a Laker guy. I, I, I mean, yeah. I know he's you just all West yeah. Coast. He's just like born and raised West Coast. Tupac, YG, Kendrick Lamar, and he's he, he, the moment LeBron got signed, he texted me. He's going just absolutely such a shit. such a flex just to have Tony Gwynn Jr. on your podcast. That's, oh yeah, that's awesome. Dude, we honestly he took me under his wing. Like right, he wasn't my direct supervisor this summer, um, but he would like kind of like try and pull whatever he could to like 
get me into the studio. Or just get you involved in any yeah, way. Get yeah, get me in the studio, get me involved. He wanted to do, he wanted me there so bad and like, it meant so much to me. And he was just a big brother at this, the office and we just clicked right away. We were listening to the same type of music. We were talking the same kind of shop, all that stuff. It was awesome. Oh, he seems, he seems awesome. And I, and the fact that you got him on, you know, this late on a Thursday night and yeah, I know. Just getting them when you, whenever you can. There was one other awesome. question I had that I forgot to ask. What was it? I was supposed to ask if you were in the clubhouse during your playing days. Right. $100 on the line. What sports video game are you playing? Well, that's a, that's just a good one for anybody Anyone. who loves video but games. But he, he, like, he knows the Madden. Oh, yeah, here we like, go. Here, what's you yours? Know, he's a, uh, oh, mine? Yeah. I got to go one. I... It might be Madden 05. So we're, we're talking specific games. Yeah, oh, I'm like talking that. year and at your prime. Sure. What was your prime best all-time video game? Yeah. It might be Madden 05. Okay. It might be. Madden 05 had Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis on the cover. We, we, we discussed it, I yeah. think. Uh, Introduction of the hit stick. Yes. And the field vision yeah. of the quarterback Fear and the no D. one used. Yeah. Fear the D. Uh, I... I don't think anybody in this world can beat me in NCAA 14. 14? Nobody can touch no, me. Can Teddy? Oh, Klaus. Klaus is the oh, only one. Okay. Klaus is the only one who's like who can really like actually compete with me. But he's his. So I'm like all running gun. Like we play six minute quarters, and obviously, this was like the first NCAA game where first downs stop the clock. Yeah. So we would true. have like epic three hour games because I would get the ball score in 15 seconds because the ball the clock stops and I just hurry it up. Is he playing as Indiana? So. The Are very... you playing with my players? Like, I need some okay, specifics well, now. Okay, so, yeah, okay, here we go. So, Klaus and I, we've been updating the game. So, the guys who do it every year yeah. uh, at Operation Sports, I think, is the, the name of the, the place that, that does it. They um, they update the rosters every year. And so, since NCAA 13, or 14, now, keep in mind, on the cover was Denard Robinson that year. Just okay. how, how long they've been doing this now. Okay. It's almost five years. Um, Johnny Menzo was, like, at the time, that was he was the best player in the game. And then as we the years progress, we've had some epic battles with Oregon teams. Indiana had a couple of oh. good teams. He played with Iowa, Wisconsin for a few years. Yeah. I mean, the very first time we ever played was Indiana, Oregon, and it was 2012. Okay. NCAA 12. No, excuse me, NCAA 11. And for whatever reason, Oregon and Indiana were both rated the same that year, and that's why we had this rivalry God, that kept going. Beautiful. But he was just always this methodical Big Ten kid, and I was always this hyper, uh, you know, up-tempo offense, Pac-12 kid, and so I'm... we would just go back and forth. He's the only one who can who can touch me, and, and I will say the last time we did play, he did, like, the last time, it was, like, a big deal. The like, last game. The last game, but we did drink, we did, we, had, we played the drinking game for it, but he did kick my ass that game, but. I'm picturing that last game, like, the end of Rocky 3. Oh, it's totally, when yeah. it's Rocky and Apollo, and they're dancing in the ring to settle it. Sure, you know, sure, you know, yeah. One last time. <laughs> oh. Let's settle this. No one else is in the... Yo, hey, hit the bell. Well, yeah, the NCAA, but we were playing the NCAA drinking game that we created, which is like five, like five sips to a beer, every first down's a beer. And like, I would get 10, oh. I, I can get 10 yards a pop with my eyes closed in that yeah. game. It's just, it's not that I'm like, I know, I just know all the ins and outs of the game. So does, so does Ted, but he just knows how to beat me. And I just know how to put up as many points as humanly possible. But I think going back to the original question, I don't think I can be touched in that game outside of Ted. Okay. You know what? And now that we're talking about it, and the, now that the brain, sure, the brain biscuits are turning. We also have Jay Bird on here in seven minutes yeah, too, we so do. we could just I, we, we could just keep it rolling, we honestly. Keep moving. Uh, <laughs> another one, FIFA thirteen. 
Ronaldo was light years faster than anyone, anyone else. else. Yeah, I remember and FIFA I would 13. Play as Portugal. I mean, I, first of all, I only play as Portugal. Right. I play FIFA and just play I'm with Portugal. Portugal. It's not even a <laughs> not club. even club. Just it's Portugal. not because I want to. I don't want to be Real Madrid or in this case Juventus yeah. this year. I want to be Portugal. Sure. They just happen to have Ronaldo, Ronaldo yeah. the best player. In the I'm world. sure there's so many other people that are just like you when it comes to that. They just want to be one one guy, one team, and yeah. that's it. I mean, that's my squad. FIFA I, 19 demo comes out today, actually. Oh wow! Just in case you're wondering. It's UK yet. Uh, no, I usually wait till like the season starts. Yeah. Just, I'm just like not in 2K mode yeah. yet. Uh, I play. I've got a couple games in. We got Madden at our house, and I used to be a Madden fanatic. I think uh, yeah. Madden 10 was, was when Larry, one, Larry yeah. Fitz, and Troy, Troy Palmer Palma were on the cover. cover. I played that religiously, and I played online religiously, and I hadn't done it since. This new Madden just kind of brought me back, and I haven't been touched in that game yet. I just football games in general. I like when I can control all the play calls, what everyone's doing on every play. It's just a different style, but I'll get 2K once. I just got a I just got a text from my my cousin who lives in Milwaukee. Uh huh. And oh, is he gonna get you the the Greek Greek uh, the Greek Freak cover? So he was the Bat Boy for the Brewers. Sure. And so he would, if you know, Bat Boy's the official name, but he would work in the opposing clubhouse. Right. Get guys, you know, cleats in the right places, bats, this, all that. And he just sent me a text that uh, his buddy works for the Bucks. And he sent me a photo of him playing chess with Giannis today. Oh, my God. Just, like, at the office. And Jaybird just texted me that he's ready. Beautiful. Why don't we just call him in right now? Yeah, we can do that. Just tell him the number? Yeah. Let's just do it. We're live right now. I love that. This feels like uh, the radio show all over I again. Oh, This is feeling really good. <clears throat> so, coming up with Jaybird, what are we What are we even talking about? What's, what's the... What's the uh... So, we'll touch MLB, but because we just talked to Tony a little bit. Yeah. You know? Jaybird's working the the Rams Chargers beat a little bit. I yeah. want to kind of hear what's happening over on the West Coast. Those are two really interesting teams. Yeah, and both had huge hype, especially the Rams coming into this game. And uh, I definitely have a few questions for him regarding the Rams. Uh, just good to hear his voice again, though. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I cannot wait. But the great call with Tony, Uncle Luke, Uncle Luke. In okay, so it's nine forty-seven right now. Nobody delivers like Jaybird. No, Nobody. God, call him the milkman. <laughs> Come on! He's Kinkos, man. He's Come Kinkos. On. FedEx Kinkos, they always deliver. God, is he good? He is great. That was that was a solid thirty minutes with our with uh, Tony G. And... How are we doing? <laughs> Dancing on sunshine. I hope you boys are doing the same. Always good to get together with the iconic bunch. That's for sure. Oh, that is so good. It is just absolutely great to hear your voice. Um, what are you working on right now, Jaybird? Well, you know what? It's uh, NFL, and it's, uh, of course, college football season, but we're putting a big bow on a, a new book coming out on Shohei Otani, the uh, two-way uh, Japanese superstar with the Angels. Uh, it's been a heck of a ride, what he's done this year. A lot of a lot of haters out there, a lot of doubters, a lot of people sh- uh, threw a lot of shade on him when he had a 27-70 RA in spring training and went one for 32. The guy was amazing. I don't know if he's the best player in the league, but he's the most talented player in the league. And any time you can throw a ball 100 miles an hour, hit it 500 feet, and get down to first base under four seconds, that's pretty special. Now the elbow blew up. He's going to have to take care of that. But since then, he's been absolutely raking. He was the player of the week last week as well, hitting in the four hole. Uh, all pretty amazing for a kid who's 24 years old, doesn't speak the language, and just getting comfortable. Going to be He's going to be a special player for a long time. Tell us. 
something that we don't know about Shohei Otani? What is Incredib- something that only his team might know? Incredibly humble, incredibly gracious. Uh, let's say this. If he gets a walk, he takes off his shin guard, his elbow guard, and his wrist guard, folds it up neatly, and waits for the bat boy to get there and then hands it to him. If he has sunflower seeds, he will not spit the seeds down on the on the floor. He walks around with a cup because the clubhouse guy would have to come over and, and tidy up after him. That wouldn't be right. When he went out to the bullpen for his uh, start against the Astros the other night, his big return on Sunday night baseball, right when he was walking out of the – the, uh, the the bullpen gate, he noticed a gum wrapper about 10 feet away. He went over, picked it up, and put it in his back pocket. There, there's a reverence he has for the game and, and the respect that uh, you don't see from a lot of different players. And uh, that's pretty refreshing. And that, everyone treats him like their kid brother. Mike Trout tickles him all the time. Uh, Tyler Skaggs is always flipping his ear. They're always trying to give him the hot foot or poke, put something in his jock. Or, I mean, they're constantly ribbing this guy, and he's just got a big grin through it the whole time. He, and he's got that, uh, you know, handsome look. He's a good-looking kid. I'm telling you, there's a lot of Asian women that go to Angel Games now. He, he is the, <laughs> most, the most eligible bachelor in Orange County by a far, far reach, that's for sure. Maybe, maybe I should be going to those yeah, games now. Hey, Jaybird, um, going going off more of Otani here, there was that uh, the, the elbow injury earlier in the year. We kind of thought for a second that he was going to be out for the season, and then he comes back and he starts hitting. And then, and then there's another report that maybe he pitches again this year or maybe he's going to you know just hit uh, for the rest of his career. So there's a lot of conflict, conflicting reports. Um, as someone who followed it along the way, how, how bad is the injury? Is it going to be something that's going to be a concern the rest of the way in his career, or is it something they're just going to clean up and we're going to move forward and then he's going to start uh, pitching again going into next year? Well, he came over with a grade one sprain in that UCL, that UCLA, like UCL ligament, and, uh, you know, it, it graduated to grade two. Once you get grade two, you pretty much have to go in and, and do the Tommy Johns. So he's not going to be able to pitch next year. Let's, uh, so he's going to lose next year. He'll be, when he comes back, you know, a lot of guys have Tommy John uh, these days. You know, he'll still be 25 years old with a Tommy John behind him. What's amazing is he's still able to hit. And, and since they gave him kind of the word, hey, you're going to have to have, have Tommy John. Anybody else will pack it in. Anybody else is low as me. Instead, he goes, all right, boys, I get to hit full time now. And he's just been on this tear. He's unbelievable hitting behind Trout. So he's definitely not going to pitch again uh, this year. Uh, he's going to finish out the year as a DH. Uh, the, the plan is to have the surgery, and because he's a left-handed hitter and a right-handed thrower, it doesn't affect him on his swing. So he's going to be penciled in as a DH next year. you got a tr- uh, little trouble there with Albert Pujols. Not too many other places you can play in him. We're going to have to see how all that works out, but he'll be back as a hitter next year, but he won't be pitching again until 2019, 2020, excuse me. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone's waiting for that time. Jaybird, who do you like out of the AL this year? Uh, that you know that the Red Sox they went to 150 games now they've won they're amazing uh, the, the tribe's good I love Tito and Francano there Terry the manager that Astros rotation still scares me to death I mean anytime you go into series and you go oh here's you know, Dallas Keuchel uh, Cy Young award winner he's our number three guy you're going what you know lefty like that 
you got Justin Verlander, who's just had a rebirth in his career. I don't know what they're teaching with that spin rate over there in Houston, but but he caught on. So he's he's your top guy. And he dates, and he dates Ken, you know, Upton, too. So he, things are going good with him. And so you got him. And, and then, of course, you got uh, Jared Colder. They picked up from the Pirates. So, I mean, that's like three number one guys. And in a, in a, in a series, short series or anything, uh, that scares me a little bit. Their back end's a, a little shaky, too. But, you know, tip your hat to the Red Sox. They've had a heck of a year. You got to see how, how they're going to match up, though, in a series uh, sale. Is, is he healthy? And David Price. Wonderful pitcher, but hasn't really been the big game pitcher. You know, he hasn't really shined in the postseason, which they're going to need from him. So, you know, not exactly going out on a limb going to defending world champions, but I think I just respect that starting pitching so much in a a series that I'd lean toward the Astros. You know, we just had Tony on, and he he really kind of echoed the same thing that you just said there. He he was more about the the lineup itself, that – you know, Correa's kind of had an on, on and off year. Altuve's been a little dinged up. Springer hasn't yeah. been where he's been. And, but he still said, you know, we still haven't seen Houston at this full tilt. And these teams that have won championships, it doesn't even matter what the sport, they just kind of, when they're together this long, they kind of have this, this switch that they can flip on and, and get going come postseason time. And, and I, I do agree with you that the Red Sox, they, they, they have been by, by far the best team in baseball. They've been dominant. They may win the most games in the history of the game, but it's, it's, there's still so many question marks with that pitching staff, especially in the bullpen for the Red Sox, and, and you know what you're getting out of the Houston Astros staff as well. It's just, you know, can they, those guys stay healthy? So I'm with you. I, 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 I'm not ready to crown anybody out of the AL until I see Houston falter to somebody. Yeah, and when, like you said, when you've done it before and when you've done it in seven games before, I mean, it's one thing to win a World Series, but when you go win a, a game seven on somebody in somebody else's stadium, uh, that gives you some pretty good mojo for a long time. You know, really, Alex Bregman at third base has saved them really the whole year because it has been an uneven lineup, but those guys are getting healthy. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty deep team they got over there. Uh, they raised some eyebrows. Now, when they got Osuna to, to clean up the back end a little bit, that shows you really how, how desperate they were. They brought in a guy with, with that kind of baggage. So we'll see how all that plays out. But, you know, some guy told me a long time ago, if you got started pitching, you got a lot. Um, Jaybird, can, can Buddy Black's Rockies pull this off? Oh, the Buddy Ball. It's rolling. They won again today. They had a walk-off homer last night. Big win against the uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, they won seven of the last ten. You know, that, that's a pretty deep lineup, and, and for one for one reason or another, he's told those pitchers, yeah, you you pitch a mile high, so what? Here's the ball, go get it. I won 120 games with an 85-mile-per-hour fastball, you know. Don't give me any grief about what, what the elevation is pitch. So I, I think they've totally bought in to what he's selling. I mean, Buddy, is, he runs a great uh, Nolan Arenado uh, for a story in USA Today Sports Weekly this week. I was talking to him about it, and he said – you know, he's he's old school, like the clubhouse is old school, you know, because he played in the 80s. I mean, he played with George Brett. He won a world championship in 85. He gave up Reggie Jackson's 500th home run, if you ever need to win the bar bet. So, I mean, Buddy Black has been around. So he runs like the – Nolan was saying he runs the clubhouse like an old school, like, hey, get your work in, do your stuff. But he's into the new school, uh, you know, analytics and, and, and doing things with data and, and all that. So he says he's that kind of a really cool blend where he's old school, where he leaves the guys alone, but the new school that he embraces all the numbers. And uh, and he lets them play. And, and that's an awful deep lineup. Uh, Trevor Story, what a year he's had. 
Uh, Arenado, a little bummed up shoulder late. He's kind of been up and down, but, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, we know Charlie Blackman, and he was so-so this year. There's another guy who could get hot. So sometimes you got to be careful of those teams that are hot at the end coming into the playoffs, and uh, the Rock Show has been rocking pretty good up there in Lodo for about a couple of weeks now. Uh, Jaber, you sent me that uh, article from USA Today Sports Weekly, Buddy Ball. And in it, you said that they kept the SBA story from our senior night hoops. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a great night, senior night for uh, for Vic Bo there, the point guard of the, the 200,000s for sure. Uh, him and my boy is playing. Uh, Buddy Black, who is about Padre manager, stopped by on senior night to tell you what a nice guy he is. He doesn't even have a kid out there playing. Came out there to see the guys. Uh, the first game ran a little long, and uh, the varsity was in the, the locker room sitting around. Coach uh, Buddy Black walked by, saw, saw a bunch of athletes standing there, walked in and uh, gave them about a, a, about a five-minute pep talk. Wasn't bad. Uh, the regular coach never cussed. Blackie dropped, uh, he dropped a few. You guys got fired up. Season high points. He still counts that win as one of his most favorites. Yes, sir. I think we put up, I think we put up like 87 points that night. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. That's, that's about two games worth for your bunch. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, 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 Come on, David. Um, let's make the transition over here to the NFL now. I right on. A lot of work. Rams, Chargers, um, you know, today they announced 30 for 30 is going to be doing that story on Junior Seau, and, man, am I excited. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure they do it well. It's, uh, you know, still one of the saddest days I've been around here. We were at uh, San Diego State and Syracuse Media Day at the, on the USS Midway, uh, all the press conference and Jim Boheim and, and Coach Fisher and everybody's there, and, and Jim Boheim was on the, the Mighty 1090 local radio station here being interviewed, and, and somebody from my sports desk gave me a call and, and told me that, you know, they came over the scanner, there were shots at the Seau residence. And uh, as soon as you heard it, you know, you you kind of, you didn't know, but you you, you kind of thought the worst. So they uh, they bumped Jim Boheim. They told him that they finally, these two great sports guys around here, waited around for to get Boheim a uh, Coach of his stature, he finally comes on. He's on about two seconds, and they give him the bum rush, and and they put me on. And uh, you know, it was a, a teary interview, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Seau was everybody's buddy, but when I showed up in 1992, just after he'd been drafted, I worked for the Oceanside newspaper, and and of course we know Junior was the king of Oceanside, and that's where he was a big star, and he always took care of me because of that. So uh, when uh, when that news came down, it was. Uh, it, uh, it was like a kick in the gut, that's for sure. That would be a uh, – I think it would be pretty cool if you, me, and, and Big Phil were able to sit down and watch that one when it comes out, maybe over yeah. Thanksgiving break. That's right. That, that'd be a good one. We, uh, a little side story there. We were coming out of Yogi's Bar one night. We'd have our Little League party there for the year. And uh, we had all the kids. There was just my kid, Phil, and another guy and his kid. We walked out, and as we were walking out, Junior Sale walks in. So it's like 9 o'clock on a Tuesday night, you know. So he goes, where are you guys going? Come on, man. Come on, buddy. Let's play one. So, you know, you can't say no. So we bring Phil back in and the other little kid. About 10, 30, 11, you know, both of us get a call from our wife. They go, where the heck are you guys? You know, so just <laughs> hours ago, hey, we're playing pool with Junior Sale. Don't worry about it. You know, so uh, 
<laughs> That's the kind of guy he was, though. If he saw you, you know, he was going to wrap those big arms around you, and, and whatever he was doing, you were going to be part of it. That's great. That is so great. Chargers lost week one kind of badly to the Chiefs. Anything there that you want to talk about? Yeah, they were completely outplayed in all three phases of the game within 10 minutes. I mean, they were they were behind. The Chiefs ran like five plays, and they were already up 14 nothing, whatever it was. They just couldn't get going. They they fell behind. They couldn't tackle Hill. Not many people can, but uh, it's disappointing. And it's same old Chargers kind of. They came in with a lot of hype. You look around the rest of the teams in the AFC West, they're all kind of rebuilding in some way or another, either a new coach or a new quarterback. And, and here's Phil Rivers and the Chargers. The big black cloud with Joey Bosa. I mean, that's a, he didn't play in the opener, and that's kind of a soft tissue foot thing. Those can be pretty tricky, especially when you're putting all that weight and that speed and, and that force on that foot. And He's not going to play this week as, as well in Buffalo. So, uh, I mean, that's a big weapon they're missing. But they're still loaded on, and really on that offensive side of the ball, Melvin Gordon went over 100 yards rush, uh, receiving for the first time in the game. So, I mean, they got weapons everywhere you look. Even uh, Antonio Gates is back out there. He left Phillip Rivers. You hate it that the last seven out of eight years, the Chargers haven't figured out how to get in the playoffs despite a, cal- a quarterback, the caliber of Phil Rivers. Maybe they get right against Buffalo. Looks like they're going to go with Josh Allen. Uh, they ought to win that one. But, uh, you know, remember they started 0-4 last year, and that was a hole they never could get out of. Right, right. And they, they shouldn't need Joey Bosa up in Buffalo this weekend. The other L.A. team looked incredibly impressive. The the, the Rams, Sean McVay, I, I wasn't a believer when they first hired him. I watched the uh, the hard knocks when he first came on and really started to get interested in, in his techniques and, and his coaching ability. And I saw the uh, the viral tweet earlier this week about him uh, just dialing up play calls in his, in his, from his memory from five years ago. He knows exactly what happens. He's a really impressive guy. And he's got a really impressive team on in all three phases of the game. The Rams had a ton of hype coming into this this season, and they performed very well in Oakland. Do you think that, that this team is as good as everyone thinks they are in all three phases of the game? You know, you look at them on paper, they certainly are. What they did yes, last year going from the – you know, worst offense to the, the best offense uh, gives you pause that uh, they are for real. You know, they're going to have a lot of people gunning at them. And the Eagles, you know, can Nick Foles be Nick Foles? Can he do all that again? You, they they look like the best team I've seen out there. Just I think you hit it on the hell, the, the the nail on the head when you say all three faces. It's one thing you're good offense or a good defense. It's, if that's not clicking one day, you're out of luck. I mean, the Rams can beat you when they have the ball, when they don't have the ball, and when they're kicking the ball. That doesn't leave much of the ball not being in the air or being somewhere. I think uh, the dynamic is maybe that, that defense and, and Marcus Peters and Tlaib, uh, Cobb, you know, Tlaib, they were worried when they came in, you know, because they might be troublemakers or something. Hey, nobody has more swag than Wade Phillips. The guy's 80 years old and been in the league for 40 years, you know, and he had to leave in Denver. They won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's not going to take any nonsense from those guys, and, and they're not going to give it to him because so much people respect Wade. And I think one of the smartest things, and really when I bought in on Sean McVay, is when he hired uh, Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator. I go, there's a rookie coach who is comfortable in his own skin. You don't bring in a guy who's been a head coach at about four different places whose dad was a head coach and is a complete NFL lifer. You don't want that guy looking over your shoulder 
or second guessing you and unless you think you're pretty good and you're comfortable and you're confident with what you're gonna try it out there. So when you pick Wade Phillips, I go, Man, this guy really does believe in what he's doing. Uh the the players click with him, you know, he's thirty two years old and uh, you know, you just have to listen to him talk. I mean, he can rattle off everything that you'd want to hear a football coach said. Uh, he's all in and he's got the Hollywood looks. I mean, they're they're really pushing hard and I think what the Rams are doing as well they're they're pushing toward the new stadium I mean there's there's a reason why they're why they're signing all these stars you know Dominic and Sue and finally got Aaron Donald done and and, and they're just loaded well you you look uh with Gurley and, and they got Woods and of course the Brandon Cook that was a big money deal and of course Jared Goff so I mean LA you got to win in LA you got to win and be entertaining and when you're going to try to ask people to give you 40 50 60 thousand dollars for the right to buy the ticket tickets you better have a pretty good product and i think that's one opposite or maybe contrast is a better word when you look at the chargers they're kind of you know they didn't do much splash and they didn't do much you know they were pretty comfortable in the roster I and mean, it's a pretty good one but the rams it seems like they want to win this year and they're trying to sell tickets for about two three years down the road when that when that palace that five billion dollar stadium opens because it's going to be impressive but you guys know la if you're not winning forget it and if you're born you really have no chance in and the Rams are trying to check off both those boxes with this team, and they look pretty good against the Raiders. you got to remember, he didn't play one starter offensively in the whole preseason. So, you know, they came out a little rusty, but, but they are loaded. They're going to be fun to watch this year. Jay Bird, one last thing. Is yep. Big Phil in Australia right now? Yeah, Big Phil down in Bondi with the uh, work in the UCLA uh Recruitment, I think. Uh, I guess there weren't enough women up in Westwood, so he's going to have to go down <laughs> under to see what's shaking down there. But, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, not, hey, there, there's he's not under. enough women for Big Phil. I can promise you that. <laughs> well, when your nickname's the party, that, that kind of takes care of it, you know. Party. <laughs> the party. What a name. Oh, my goodness. Jaybird, this was absolutely fantastic. I'm so happy that you were able to come on. We were able to do this. I, I kept you a little over what I told you it was going to be. We just passed the 20-minute mark. Thank you right so on. much, though, for doing this. Um, hopefully we can do it again. You got it. Who the Tigers got this week? Who's Missouri going to be? We're headed We're headed to Purdue to avenge a horrible home loss last season. And oh, we're, we're minus seven favorites. And if you're a betting man, Jay Bird, pound the minus seven Tigers. We're going to absolutely walk into into Lafayette and just pummel them. Oh, you guys, you guys owe them. You guys owe them big time. It's going to be an ass whooping. I can promise you that, Jaybird. Hey, all thanks for right. coming on. We'll talk to you later, all right? All right. Cheers, boys. Let's do it again. Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke. In, okay, so it's 947 right now. Nobody delivers like Jaybird. No. Nobody. God. Call him the milkman. <laughs> Come on. He's Kinko's, man. He's Come Kinko's. FedEx Kinko's, they always deliver. God, is he good. He is great. That was that was a solid thirty minutes with our with uh, Tony G and so, I mean, Junior and uh, and Jay Bird. It's nine forty seven. We started around nine forty five minutes. After nine. Yeah, let's see. Jay Bird was about twenty one minutes, and Tony was about eleven. So yeah, thirty oh thirty two minutes. That's efficient. We're getting efficient at this. Efficiency. Goodness gracious! A couple things I want to point out from Jay Bird's call here. Talk right? to me. Let's talk about it. Buddy ball. In the Rockies, yeah, buddy both ball. of them. How about how about both of them believe that Trevor's Trevor story, story is? And, and, and look, 
he had a horrible year last year, and, and the year before that, he was the rookie sensation. He had obviously hit the most home runs by a rookie shortstop in, a, in MLB history. Comes back his sophomore season, just slumps, strikes out a ton, wasn't there defensively or, off, or offensively. Comes back this year, and he's just been extremely consistent. Uh, I, I know he's got over 30 home runs now. He's got 20, or he's got over 30 doubles now. I mean, the man's hitting the shit out of the baseball, and they already have Arenado. They already have. Uh, Charlie Blackman. If they can get Trevor Story, I'm sorry. Like, do you mean Chuck Nasty? Chuck Nasty. Okay, excuse I just, me. Well, sorry, I just I didn't, you know. DJ LeMay, who just rakes year after year. That lineup in the postseason gives me a lot of Houston vibes in the end, like and and on style. Like they have four guys Edgy. that could are really difficult Edgy. to get out in, in, in high pressure situations. It's just going to come down to that that bullpen and especially that starting pitching. How about that story about Buddy Black coming to my yeah, senior well, night basketball you know, game? I don't think you ever told me that. Yeah, so it was uh, senior night and we were playing. San Pasquale High School. I mean, we weren't like we were not spectacular at all. My senior year, we were uh, relatively young, other than you know our our core group of guys, and it was last home game of the year. We weren't going to get a home playoff game. Sure. And there were there were rumblings that Buddy Black might be showing up. You know, Big Phil was kind of right. slipping the word. So, here. okay, hold on. Who's Big Phil? For everybody who doesn't know Big Phil, I don't even know if I know Big Phil Big is. Phil is Jaybird's son. Okay. Who's one of my best buddies. The Party, they the call party. him. The Party. Oh, my God. That's such... He's got, like, ten nicknames. PJ, Big Phil, Philip Paris. I would just roll with The Party. Yeah. Oh, so he, it's Philip Paris is his name. Yes. Okay, I know him on Twitter. Yes. Okay, for yes, sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got it. Um, I'm going to so follow he, him right he now. Was our, he was our center, so... And there were rumblings all day. Big Phil's, you know, hey, you know, I, I can't promise anything. There's a chance, though, that Buddy Black's coming tonight. Uh, and then, you know, the like he said, the JV game went a little long. We're waiting in the locker room. We've all got the jitters. I'm, you know, we got our, we got on the the home whites. We got on the home whites. The home whites. We got the biggest crowd of the year. I got a great shooter sleeve on the right arm. I don't want it on my left arm. You know what I mean? The left arm strictly forgetting strictly buckets. Forgetting buckets. Strictly forgetting buckets. It's got to stay warm, too. Buckets. You can't put anything on it. So, looking just absolutely fresh to death, FTD, and all of a sudden, we, we got the jitters going. I got a ball in my hand. Buddy Black wants it. Excuse me, the manager of the San Diego Padres. At the time, yeah. And uh, he gave us, you know, five five-minute little pep talk, talking about just, you know, trying to claim the moment and stepping up to the plate, all that, you know, relatively cliche stuff, but to hear it from him. You, you it, it's, it's when you hear from your coach, sorry to, inter- to, to interject there, but when you hear it from your coach time after time, it kind of gets repetitive. But when you hear it from somebody like of that stature, yeah. especially a guy who's proven to win at a certain level yeah. and it doesn't matter the sport, those guys know how to coach, those guys know how to get their, their guys going. And so when you hear it from somebody else, those cliches, it just it hits you a little bit harder. It changes. So, and then we ended up going out there and it was an absolute spanking on San Pasqual. <laughs> Senior night, blew him out by like twenty five. Felt good. Put up, put up eighty seven or six. It might be the school school hot. Wow, eighty seven points. Holy cow! Yeah, that's like what it ten minute quarters and or eight minute quarters. It's, yeah, eight minute quarters in, I think, in high school. In high yeah. school basketball right now. You should probably know that because I'm a high school basketball referee. So <laughs> that's probably something I should know. Uh, but but man, Jaber. Great conversation as always. Yeah. Third time on the on the you know, with us. The first three timer. Wow. 
Yeah, he we, last time we had him on last year, the first time we had him on, it was all Rams, and the Rams were just getting going as like kind of surprising everybody, but it was definitely all baseball because the Dodgers were playing really well, and they obviously went to the World Series that year. And then we had him on again, and that's when the Dodgers were in the World Series, and you know he talked about the Astros pitching staff, and, and then obviously uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. talked about their, their lineup as well, and I, I, I have – Tend to agree with both of them. I, I, like you always say, until I see it, I'm yeah. not seeing anything. Why you know would I, mean? I not? Why would I? Be otherwise. Right, but and, and it's just Houston's got this other gear that I think they can just turn on, and they legitimately have four MVP candidates on that in that in that roster, and and then you look at this their pitching staff, which is definitely better than last year. You know, you're going Cole Verlander, Keuchel, and then Charlie Morton as a fourth starter. Watch out. Yeah. No matter no matter how good Boston is. If we look at okay, so hold on. Saturday Night Live does a skit where if a host comes back, yeah, it's the Five Timers Club. Right. And Justin Timberlake infamously was a five timer yeah. in the last couple of years here. I think Tom Hanks is a five timer. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Alec Baldwin. Yep. Um, Chevy Chase, John Goodman, and if they, once you once you host for the fifth time, you get a jacket. You're you're a member of the club now. Yeah. So then he, you know, we need we need, walks icon, we need we need an iconic like leather jacket. The five time, <laughs> oh my god! If we could get Jaybird like a five like a bomber like a bomber jacket maybe. Tom Cruise, Top Gun, Top Gun style. I'm in the I'm in like I just need a bomber jacket this fall. I don't know. I just want to wear filming Top Gun too. I know. I just want to wear a t-shirt and a jacket. Now I'm like just doing this yeah. <laughs> with my arms <laughs> the entire time. It's like I just know how it's gonna fit. Um, oh man, that's, that's great. a that's a ton of. Uh, oh, and then the uh, the Shohei Otani book. Yeah, I didn't even know, didn't but you know didn't even tell me that. I didn't know he was doing it either. I'm gonna have to actually buy that because I'm super interested. I mean, I remember in April it was the day of the Masters. And obviously, so much is going on with the Masters. It's going down the yeah. wire with Patrick Reed. And I remember looking at my phone, and obviously, I'm really into fantasy baseball. I have a <laughs> monetary investment in that yes. for sure. Yeah, well uh, documented. Yeah, well documented well. on this podcast. And I remember checking it, and I was looking at I was playing Otani, and I remember someone pitching. I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's perfect for six. And it just completely changed everything. I, I, I turned off the Masters for a second to watch this guy pitch, and he's got five different pitches. He's got pitches I've never seen before. He's got such nasty stuff that who cares he's going to miss the whole 2019 season with pitching because he's so good with, with the bat. And obviously last week he was on fire, you know, hitting bombs against uh, out of, into the, the, the Texas sky last week. But, yeah, no, that's super interesting that he got to follow him around for pretty much a full season. So when I texted Jaybird last week mm-hmm. about coming on the show, I said, you know, Jaybird, Luke and I are recording a podcast next week. We'd love to have you on uh, and just let's see if it works out. He replies back within about a minute. He goes, sure, I'll bring Shohei. And it's, you know, a photo of Shohei Otani in front of him. And then he's got a selfie with Shohei right behind him. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. So funny. <laughs> so funny. And then, you know, now it makes sense. What a fascinating Heck, we may. What if we got Otani on? We need a translator. Can you, Look, if can we if, if we can book Otani, I'll, I'll, le- I'll learn Mandarin. What's, what's one of our famous phrases on the show? In this world, the most common denominator is sports. Is sports absolutely? You get us in front of the man, and we will figure out. Look, I can't speak his. I can speak his language, but I can I can tell you how to hit it to the opposite field. There you know you what I mean? Go. <laughs> we can talk a little ball. That's all you need to do. Just talk a little baseball. 
Wow. B- big weekend, Bo. This is a big upcoming weekend this Saturday. Uh, it's a really big one. You got you got anything on the fight game? We got. Oh my! You know, I we posted the podcast last week. Yeah, just give me like two minutes of what you think, because because I know there's been so much surrounding yeah. everything that's been going on with this fight. So it's a you know big fight weekend. Triple G Gennady Golovkin versus Saul Canelo Alvarez. You have to say it the way the, that you just said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alvarez. <laughs> I, the way he says it is just so cool. So uh-huh. it's it's the rematch, and it's the infamous rematch because last year they had the first fight, and it was a really controversial decision. You know, and it ended in a draw. Right. A lot of people thought Triple G won the fight, and that's that's the truth. Is any you know? Majority, I watched the fight. I honestly thought he won it. People yeah. thought that Triple G won it. He applied for sure more pressure. Yeah. He threw more punches, and he landed a few more. That being said, there is an argument for Canelo earning the draw. Dodging punches. The, way, the point of the game is to hit and not get hit. Mm-hmm. And that's what Canelo did. He would dance around. He stayed light on his feet the entire time. Then he would come in flurries. Pop, 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 pop. Pop, 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 pop. Dance, dance. Avoid punches, avoid punches. Pop, pop, pop. Dance. And it, it, that wasn't what we've always seen from Canelo. It's actually what Floyd Mayweather did to Canelo right. in Canelo's only loss of his career. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, and actually, at the end of the fight, the first thing I said was, okay, you know, this is a draw. I can promise you right. we've got the rematch Cinco on Cinco de Mayo. Right. What do we know? A week <laughs> later, and the rematch for Triple G Canelo is announced on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo weekend. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. I said that a week ago, buddy. Oh. Unfortunately, Canelo tests positive. And it's uh, for a steroid of some kind. Blamed the pork meat or something. So they, they, they blamed the, the cow meat in Mexico. Yeah. He's not the only guy to have this happened to. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is what happened. But other guys, this has happened to. And it's really interesting. It's Terminal is, the, I think, the, the name of the steroid that he tested positive for. I rewatched the fight uh, yesterday. So I, I wanted to get a little cleaner perspective. But here we are. A couple months later, the fight gets announced. Triple G's pissed. He thinks he won the first fight. He knows Canelo tested positive. He got screwed out of this decision. And I think he wants to put this away. Unfortunately, you know, this is the end of, kind of the end of the road. Triple G's at the end of the uh, end of the line. He's you know he's a couple fights away from hanging up the gloves for good. Canelo's in his prime. Canelo, this is the best we're ever gonna see from the dude. Right. If he can't beat Triple G on Saturday, man, you, some people are gonna have to applaud Triple G for what he's done because Canelo's the superstar. He's the money maker. He's the golden boy. The cash cow, the cash as you cow. said. Yeah. He's the cash cow. He's protected and babied and. And coddled by Oscar De La Hoya, the, the, the head of promotions for Golden Boy. Right. People don't give tri- Triple G his credit. You know, it, it, he doesn't fight necessarily a flashy fight. He just walks in front of you. He continues to walk in front of you. He'll eat your punch. I was going to say, he, that man, what has surprised me most about that fight last year was that he ate anything that came his way. And... and- just no yeah. facial expression whatsoever. He's like, that's all you got? Keep, keep, you got the iron chin as you got. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, the iron chin you called it. There was a bomb, an absolute bomb that Canelo landed, I think, in the 10th round. And it, when I looked at it, I could see the argument. 
Canelo takes the first three rounds, and he takes the last three rounds. And Triple G took the middle six. In round 10, I think, Canelo landed a overhand right bomb. He's got his back against the ropes, and he lands this thing as square as you're going to land it. And Triple G just kept walking forward. He looked Insane. like Frankenstein. Yeah. Like, what? Is that actually your overhand right? Is that your moneymaker right there, Canelo? And I enjoy watching Canelo. He trains out of San Diego. He lives in Del Mar. You know what I mean? I kind of got a little bit of a reason to root for the guy, but, you know, got to pay respect where it's uh, where it's due. Dined in Del Mar one night. You know? Oh, yeah. I had a, a small meal. Uh, the, the, the Bergantine. Brig- the Bergantine. <laughs> the Brig. That's what the locals call it. The, the Brig. Brig. The Lokes. Yeah. Lokes only, baby. <laughs> oh, my the, the God. The best fish tacos, maybe, in all of SD. Not going to deny that. Also, this weekend, you know, Opening week in college football, crazy stuff going on. They have all those matchups, opening weekend, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Week two kind of dies down a bit. Yeah, it does. A but, lot of the cakewalks. Right. But week three, it's really starting to get a little uh, – Yeah, you get a, it start, really starts to ramp up. You get a lot of uh, conference play as well. Okay. Uh, obviously, we have LSU at Auburn this upcoming week, which is going to be just a dynamite. But here you go, Bo. I'm going to give you your four best bets Send it. for oh, this I college football this. scene. Get the drum line going. Here we go. <laughs> got to start here in Columbia, Missouri. Missouri Tigers, minus seven oh, against ride Purdue. Ride, ride Drew Locke all the way home. Look, if 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 you're going to bet big, bet this game big, and if you lose, I'll reimburse you. Oh, don't say that. Oh, <laughs> God, don't say that. Because the thing is, I know guys are going to do this. Guys For sure. are going to place the bet. That's fine. That's fine. That's how much faith I have in the Tigers. I have this a lot time. of faith, too. This is a statement game. I feel like this team knows it's a statement game. We're going to walk in there, and we're just going to give them the business. Purdue, okay, so Purdue was good last year. They they actually played a – they were actually a decent team. We weren't at the beginning of the season. This Purdue team is a lot different. This is a defense that struggled with Northwestern, who's never been a powerhouse offensive team, and Eastern Michigan. I know. Eastern Michigan beat them in their – did they beat them at home last – no, they might have been at home um, last week. And we should just murder this Purdue team. All right? Moving on. The primetime game. Ohio State versus TCU in Cowboy Stadium. It's in Arlington. The number four Buckeyes versus the number 15 Horn Frogs. The Horn Frogs are getting 13 and a half, and I want you to take – the Horn Frogs plus the, the points. points. I want like you to points. take the points, and here's why. TCU knows how to handle potent defenses, or excuse me, potent offenses like Ohio State's. They play in the Big 12. They see them every week. Gary Patterson knows how to dial up a, a good game plan against a potent offense like Ohio State's. I think they're going to play pretty. They're playing pretty tough. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State, but they're definitely going to cover. Um, no Urban's who uh, in a, in this game, and these such are such big games. You want your head coach, a guy who's a proven winner. You want him at the helm. Is that game at uh, Jerry World? Yeah, it's in Cowboy Stadium. Wow! So it's 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 almost a gl- wow. it's a glorified home game for TCU. That's a big I, one. They're I'm gonna see a lot of purple juiced. and black. It's gonna be juiced. Yeah. It. The next game, if you recall last year on the Triple G, uh, Canelo fight, okay. was Texas USC. Oh my God! And, and last... Sam Darnold put on a show. He put on a show. And I, I I always I've always gotten a lot of shit for for riding with Sam Darnold for a while. And I was just I felt validated after the first play on Monday God. night. I was like, you and Colin he's gonna Coward. Be, he's gonna be a good. I just always think he's gonna be a good player. Anyway, last year that game went into OT. USC won by three at home. This year it's in Austin. 
Texas minus three and a half. USC coming off a tough yeah. back to back. They played Stanford last week. They didn't play very, and and now you know, they're a young team. I think Sam Sam Ellinger's heroics here are going to win out. This is a statement game for Tom Herman. I, I, honestly, if they if they lose this game, I mean Tom Herman's got to be in the hottest of hot seats because there is no patience down in Austin. I like Texas three and a half, and then the other one. Kind of a, a, a game under the radar. Obviously, I mentioned uh, LSU-Auburn will be the CBS game this week. A game that's going to be under the radar and will be played at night is number 17, Boise State, getting plus 2.5 at in Stillwater against tw- number 24, Oklahoma State. Yeah. And I like Boise State to – you can take the points, but I like Boise State to win this Money. game. I really like them to win. Oh their, uh, their quarterback, his name is Brett Ripon, I want to say. Is, that's they how got he, some – they're getting a they lot of talent. media noise right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, he – uh, he plays better on the road than he plays on the bluegrass back at home in Boise. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, and I, I, just, I don't think I don't think Ohio or excuse me Oklahoma State's defense is is worth anything. And I like Boise State because they get them plus two and a half. I would take that that those points. But if you're feeling confident like me, take a money line. Okay, it's a big weekend for college football once again. So I'm, I'm I got something that pissed me off this week. Talk you to me. Talk college yeah, football. Just I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed off. I'm upset. I want some. I'm upset. <laughs> Fifty thousand on my head. Disrespect. <laughs> I'm pissed off. I you wanna know what grinds my gears. Talk to me, Bo. Eleven AM start times. Wow. Yeah. For undefeated SEC teams. Going up against a top five team. God, in the country. I really hope Mizzou just takes care of this. September twenty second. <laughs> Mizzou, Georgia. In Columbia. In Como. This is parents' weekend. And they gave me an 11 o'clock start time. Are you fucking kidding me? There are pros and cons to this. There's no pros. There are pros and cons to this. Not for me. Well, okay. I know your family's coming into town. It is family weekend. It's tough to ask a West Coast family to get up not only two hours earlier than they have to, but another two hours earlier because it's 11 a.m. game. But I will contest and I will argue that there is no better start time to tailgate than like 5 a.m. in the morning. Jesus 5 Christ. 5 a.m. in the morning. 5 a.m. Jesus Christ, you Midwesterners. I, there's Blue nothing Christ. more enjoyable than waking up that early. Natty light. Getting 5.45 a.m. Warm. You didn't put it in the fridge the night before. You forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking a shower. You had that shower beer. You don't want, you, you know, maybe you went out the night before. And I hope a lot of people do and just kind of ride the wave into the morning because that, that's the way to go, first of all. But there's nothing. because then pissed off. I, I know, but I'm trying to console you here. I'm okay. doing my fucking okay. best, okay. all right? Therapy session. Good Lord. Therapy session. All right, you just got to get up early. You got to have breakfast food. That's the most important thing about this tailgate. Your parents just can't come in with this. I know your dad's all about brats. Yeah. Keep them for like halftime, okay. like around We're noon. Going to the game. You guys are going to the game. We're going to try to go to the Okay, game so sure. maybe have them at, just wait them. Okay. You can tailgate the after party. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep them for that. It should be all breakfast food. If you have an all breakfast food tailgate for an 11 a.m. game, you'll feel way more, oh, yeah, better. better. Get, make sure you get the mimosas flying too. Maybe, you know what? maybe Funny in a few, enough, sc- you know, maybe a in a few of, screw screwdrivers as well. So a lot of uh, people, if they're going to be doing the morning booze, yeah, big fans of the, the mimosa, right? Yeah. Mama Templin, yeah, and myself, and actually my older brother Phil's coming out. Oh wow! Too. No so, shit. Yeah, this is a this is a family family affair. affair. Big fans. The Templins, 
big fans of the coffee and Bailey's. Ooh, the old Irish tradition. Oh yeah, we'll we'll put back two coffees sure. and some Bailey's. Sure. You know, get a little juiced up for the day. That'll warm the face up a little bit. And oh, now we're. I like this. I like this segment. I'm upset. We're gonna call this a segment. I'm, I'm upset. The I'm, I'm upset. upset. I'm upset. Right Fifty thousand right on my head is disrespect. Whether it's myself that's upset about something or you that's upset about something, this will be a segment moving forward for the rest like of this that. podcast. I like that a lot. Go on about the Baileys. No, that's just that's that's. That, more I mean, that's a good point. That's a good game plan. You just can't have hot dogs and burgers at, at nine a.m. You got to have a little bit more, a little more flair to your tailgate. I think it's the equivalent of the vodka Red Bull at night. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's the coffee sure. Baileys. Yeah. Is the vodka Red Bull at yeah. night. That's what that is right there. Look, it, I, I know it sucks. 11 a.m. games suck. The best time slot is the 3 o'clock time slot. I remember my freshman year. All Without we, a doubt. All we had was 3 o'clock time oh. slots. We were ranked, first of all, but we, every game was a 3 o'clock time slot. Spoiled. It is, yeah, but we were also decent that year. So <laughs> you're going to have to put respect on our names at some point. Why not? So here we go. The first time we played Georgia at, home, uh, uh, at 11 a.m., we went into Georgia in 2013, whooped them. In between the bushes, whooped them. Athens. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Following year, 2014, my freshman year, we lost some good boys out there that day. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, I. <laughs> we lost some good men out there. Without. Playing for the Yankees. Lost <laughs> oh, so many good men out there. Playing with the Yankees. Yes, with the Yankees, you lose good men to trades and unruly fans. I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, you know, with trades and everything. Trades and everything. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I say that because I, I won't name names, but a few of my, my good friends had, had some tough tailgates and ran into some trouble with the law that day. It gets the best of the So law. we lost some good men that day, but we also lost our football team that day because we got whooped at home. No Todd Gurley. We're like, we have a chance. Oh, my God. Nick Chubb comes in, runs all over us. <laughs> 34 nothing. Matty Mock threw five picks. Yeah, just go blow your nose there. I, so we're one and one in these eleven a.m. games against Georgia. We take care of business this week. We're gonna we're gonna cover minus seven. All right. We're gonna take care of business this week, and we're gonna get fired up. And Pharrell's got to be packed. Has to be packed. I don't care if we play at nine a.m. This is the biggest game of the year. This sets the tempo yeah. for the rest of the year. You know, if we don't win, but we play them really, really tight, really close, this is a playoff team. If we can play and hang with a playoff team, we were able to put up points in Athens last year. So yeah, I want I want with five minutes. Uh, it's asking too much for a win. Sure, it really is. It like obviously you shoot for that because you don't settle for anything I less want than a win. At the five minute mark in that fourth quarter, yeah, I want to be able to look at you and say, I think we have a chance. At this we have a chance. That's yeah. all. That's all I'm asking. I, that's all I'm asking. Just Look, we have the best we have the best quarterback in the country, and I have no oh, no I regard I have no regard saying that. Hard. I, these these I know we played two two walkthroughs in the first two weeks, but he could have played tor- terribly this these past two weeks, and he didn't. He played extremely well. He's been efficient. He's hitting. He's throwing NFL throws like he's making those throws, and I think he's just showing off. You know, and maybe we run a real read option. We put in the playbook earlier this week after he showed off the wheels last yeah. week against uh, Wyoming. And obviously, Wyoming's coach said a few years ago, we played Oregon and Marcus Mariota. And this guy, Drew Locke's not for too far off. When you hear from coaches talk about that, What are the thoughts something. on the new touchdown celebration? The whammy. Have you seen this? I have, I've seen it. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you've yeah. seen the whammy. I like it. I, nothing's going to beat the moon. It's never going to beat Look, the secure of the bag. I, I, really, I really, really hope that like 
we we get the ball first play against Georgia. It's like, all right, touchback. And we just yeah. go deep to Emmanuel Hall. Oh. And he brings the bag ah. back. Oh, my God. The whole God. stadium's putting it, it on. Oh, yes. He I, I honestly, I, we've been seeing Drew Locke for four years now. He's got a little edge to him. He's got a little swagger. I think we're seeing personality. Which is, I mean, I think that's all yeah. we wanted. I think that's why a lot of people kind of liked Matty Mock because, no, he wasn't the greatest quarterback in the world. Personality. But he was, he was a personality. He yeah. was a quarterback personality. I think he was also a personality on Friday nights at <laughs> Bengals, yeah. wherever he was. You know what oh, I mean? my goodness. Jesus Christ, Matty Mock. All right, Bo. That was, that was a solid. Uh, that's some work right That was there. some work, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you take us home here? That's really, really good work. I, this one meant a lot to me. This podcast For sure. really, really, not to get like emotional or sentimental or anything, this one really meant a lot to me. Tony Wynn Jr. absolutely like took care of me this summer. And I like cannot explain that enough. Uh, at a station, I wasn't even an intern. I was a 21-year-old hired uh, you know, because I, I knew the right people and talked to the right people at the right time and and really, it's just like a culmination of a lot of things. But you know, people can be upset when a, a 21-year-old's hired in a place that they probably shouldn't be. And and the moment Tony and I met, just automatically clicked. He, I think he was wearing a pair of Jordans the first time I met him, and I had to comment on the Jordans. Of course, I, I'm like, of course. So, it, like, is that your only pair, or is this like one of twenty? Like, <laughs> what's the deal? I want a full breakdown of that. Player case. editions. Or what yeah, are you exactly, about? exactly. Are, the, are these the sixes? Um, do you have it in another colorway? Do these you have the concords? Yeah. <laughs> and the moment that happened, he knew that I knew. Like, I just knew what was up. You know, it, you know, sure. it is what it is, kind of thing. So to have him on was super cool. I hope. I. I mean, he said. I literally texted him right after we had him on. I said, you know, I can't thank you enough, dude. Really appreciate it. He goes, anytime, brother. So, yeah. dude, I'm hoping he can Playoffs come on again up real sure. soon. I was happy we were able to play a little YGYOs. Hey, yeah, yeah. Collar Greens was his walk-up song back in the day, which is just so right up my alley. Sure. It's just so So funny. West Coast, yeah. So West Coast. Both San Diego born and raised. Got to talk a little Padres, a little NL, and then AL baseball. With both of them. Yeah, with with JN. You know, and then uh, got to ask uh, Tony about the Lakers uh, being the sure, fourth sure, head sure, of the, yeah. the Western Conference Finals. I was running playoff predictions in my head, like simulations, yeah, like got, what's going on here. <laughs> Bill Mess is trying to do the math on it. <laughs> Vegas has this. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, we got like five minutes in a conversation to recap the Tony call, and then. And then we went to Jaybird. Yeah. Right away. Right away. It was awesome. It played it perfectly. Um, God, that was just so golden. And, and Jaybird's just absolutely the man. The consummate professional. The third timer. The third timer award. Come on. The leather jacket. The oh, bomber. Oh, the leather jacket. God, we have to get him one. I have to. We have to now. We got to talk a little uh, Shohei, Rockies, uh, Rams, Chargers. Chargers yeah, the uh, NFL. You know, and he got to talk about what Junior Seau meant to him. Yeah, it's going to be Junior awesome. Junior was a legend. going to be a good, yeah, yeah. oh, for still, sure. I mean, still is, but in his heyday, born and raised Oceanside, goes to USC, yeah. and then plays for the Chargers for his like entire career. Sure. I mean, that means a lot to us, and he was one of the best linebackers in the NFL during his playing career. And the way he went out, so sad, because anytime anyone in San Diego ever saw him, yeah. Smile, on, smile his face. on his face. Sure. 
One of those dudes. If, you, if he saw you with your kid, he doesn't even talk to you. He just goes, what's up, little buddy? He talks to the kid. And what's awesome is that parents, you know, when you grow up and you have kids, yeah. the parents will always have to say, they'll, they'll root for somebody, maybe not because they play for a certain team or yeah. they play for their team per se, but if their kid met that certain player yeah. and they were – good as golden to it them your perception. it changes your contain like yeah. if it like I, I hear people say all the time like you know I, a lot of people may not like this guy but he was nice to my kid yeah and i can't Doesn't say matter. a bad word about him you know that's i can't speak from experience a but a lot of people <laughs> don't like manny ramirez right a lot you know flamboyant colorful sure. eccentric all that stuff i talked to him on the phone for 20 minutes yeah my dad bumped into him was like you have to talk to my son yeah and it was the greatest you know, phone call in my life. Sure. For the rest of my life, I was going to wear 99 anytime I could right. because of Manny Ramirez. I was going to do his stance. I was going to do everything because that's what Manny Ramirez did. So I totally know what you're talking about. Brian Urlacher. I met him at a Ace Hardware. And you're a Packer fan. I'm a Packer fan. Matter. And I, I told him, like, Brian, big fan, yeah. but I'm a Packer fan. My dad was born and raised in Wisconsin, yeah. like, shareholder. Can't, yeah. like, you know, I, but I'm a big fan. He goes, respect, young man, respect. Yeah. Shakes my hand. Signs a picture for me. I'm like, you know what? It's like that man may put Brett Favre into the dirt, might put Aaron Rodgers into the dirt, yeah. but he helps the man back up. And you know what? Like, I got nothing but respect for Brian Urlacher for the rest of my life. This is not a hot take. This is not a hot take. Sure. This is worldly advice here, okay? Don't ever ask for an autograph. Ask for the handshake. Dude. Not even hold on, a Don't even ask for the picture. Just ask, hey, John, what's going on at Harpo's? Oh, yeah. John Anderson. <laughs> we can't, we can't go I cannot. Okay, hold on, hold on. Luke and I just have a moment here. Hold on. I'll tell the story. Go ahead because I so think last you're more sober than I was. Last Friday night, normal Friday night at Harpo's, right? And it's it's pretty packed, and it's like 11, and it's 11 o'clock, so it's around peak hour of. I'm not at Harpo's yet. You're not at Harpo's yet. It's around peak hours of of. Just bars in Columbia in general. Yeah, I'm still getting my club bar, on. Yeah, bars are closed at close at one, so around eleven to twelve hours, like the peak, and normal. I've been to Harpo's a thousand times in my yeah. life. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Home sweet home. It's home sweet home. It's it's home base, and it's all my friends. We had a lot of people come in from town just for the game and game day and everything like that. And I'm hanging out talking to a couple of people that I know, and a man comes up behind me, and I'm kind of blocking the way, so I was I was in the way. He goes, "Excuse me, buddy." I'm like, "Hey, no problem." I turn around, I'm like, huh. huh. Back of his head. Never seen this man's back of his head in my entire life. But I had a hunch, bro. I had a fucking hunch. And I'm like, oh god, my god. And, I, and I, I literally had a panic. I go, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. And he, and and he kind of like, and he was wearing the, the black Mizzou polo yeah. that's like, it's like yeah. yellow and white stripes. And he's got, he's double fished and he's got two Bud Lights in the same classic. And, and he turns around. And he sits down. He's with two other people, a man and his wife. Yeah. He's enjoying himself. I'm like, that's wow. John Anderson. John Mizzou Anderson. Mizzou alum, sports center anchor, John God Anderson. motherfucking walked, Anderson. Walked over to him. I First of all, alerted everybody that I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I walk over to him. I'm like, hey, John, don't want a picture. You know, just want to shake your hand. Tell you I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Watch you every night. Proud to be a Tiger because of you. I got into this whole broadcast thing because of you. I just want to say thank you. He sits me down. He's like, hey, man. They, I appreciate that. I love coming back here. Love yeah. coming back to Harpo's. And that was it. That was like all – but like I didn't want his autograph. Yeah. didn't want a picture. Some of my buddies got pictures with him. And, you know, credit to them. Like they had, alerted me at this point. 
um, after I had talked to him, that's when I alerted yeah. to you because it was all happening so fast in my oh, head. I wasn't going to, we're going to drop this. Uh, and my buddies went over, got a picture with him. And what's awesome is that, you know, he was with other people. And yeah. what's great is that I think a couple of my buddies got pictures with him. It may have been four pictures total. And he looked genuine in every single one of them. And then people just let him be. He was sitting in a, the booth at Harpo's just chilling. And that was it. Like, he was having a good time. The man closed down the bar with us. I'm texting my cousin who's a broadcaster out in, San, uh, in Sacramento. I was like, he's, it's, it's, it's like, it's, we could get him on the pod one time. You'd like that? him a lot. It's, it's like 1230, 1245. Yeah. And I'm like, Dude. I mean, like, once, once it gets that late, like, the bar's closing down. But the, if you've ever been to Harpo's, the, the, uh, what am I? Bo, help me out. I can't think of the name. The booths. The booths on the right yeah, side. Yeah. They, normally no one's sitting in them. Everyone's standing up, walking yeah, around. Yeah, sure. They're still sitting there with butt lights on the table, just having a great time. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why this university is so great, is yeah. that a guy like John Anderson, who could be doing better things, or not better things, could do completely different things with his life, could get in anywhere because he's a sports anchor, but has the, he wants to come back to yeah. Mizzou and go to Harpo's and enjoy his time like he did in college. Like, you can't beat that. No. And then yeah, Kobo and Bo comes in. He's wearing the iconic shirt, and oh, there's a classic picture of us out there, out at the bar, closing it down with Keegan Kennedy and Keg made Thanks like, for the free drinks yeah, there, yeah. The I mean, the man. But you know, Keg making dirty turtles for yeah. John Anderson. Like, so I tweeted. It's it. an incredible moment. I tweeted it, but when I got over, you know, I bust my ass. You know, remote, you said John Anderson. Was there. It, it seems that you're always at my house, and something historic is happening at Harpo's. And I'm like, Bo, get your ass over here. I made the move. <laughs> I you it's I always feel like I come out of nowhere. Always, always. Like uh, it's honestly like a WWE movie. There's like, like thirty minutes. Oh my like, god! There's Templin at the door. By God! By God! It's Kane. Oh my God! He's got no cover. Jesus Christ! Um, and so I get there, you know, and you know, I see John Anderson in the corner. But the, the the what I wanted to mention was did the same thing. John, I I really don't want a photo. Just yeah. want to shake your hand. I'm a sports broadcasting major here. I, from California, like I'm here for this reason and this sure. reason alone. Right. And uh, he goes, yeah, you know, thank you, son. I appreciate it. But I just, well, you know, I want to tell you something. We're not sports broadcasters. We're broadcasters who cover sports. Right. I was like, <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> Any oh, gif of the mind blown. Lord, <laughs> I, I was so into my story pitches this week for broadcast sure. class. I was interested in like things other than sports. <laughs> Thank you, John Anderson. Yeah, no, it, it, that was that was one of the gems of going here was to see that happen. So what a pod! Yeah, what a pod! It's, I mean, we yeah. recapped it there, so sure. Uh, you know, we can we can shut it down and say, "Let's go home." For sure. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Home. Big, 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 big